others. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. I don't know if I wanted to vote for socialism and get what I voted for, but welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on this lovely Friday with my co-host, as always, Chris Michaels from the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels. And we're going to get straight in because we've had a uh, wild week of stories that dates back to the attack in Israel, uh, and now the obliteration on the Gaza Strip. And so uh, I know that Chris and I are going to have a different perspective than what maybe you've heard from other hosts of shows over the last week or so. Um, and so I'm, I'm really interested in bringing this to everybody tonight. Uh, we are taking a, a unique perspective, I believe. I'm not sure that Chris and I are completely on the same page, but we'll, we'll get through that here in just a few moments. Chris, welcome back to the show. Glad to have you here tonight. Oh, thank you. Exciting week. Not a very pleasant week, but it is exciting for grognards like us who pay attention yeah. to politics. Yeah, for people that are paying attention to the tea leaves, so to speak, uh, this has been a uh, an interesting, sombering week. I'm not sure you know, if you've paid attention. I know you said you listened to some of my content, but uh, I found it hard bringing energy and joy to my shows because the topic's so heavy and anyone that is not paying attention to this, this is 50,000 times worse than the Russia Ukraine conflict. Uh, this is a, a actual crisis that I'm a little bit concerned that there's more to the picture than what meets the eye. And we might find ourselves in a global conflict here. And I'm not sure that there aren't individuals that are marching us towards it in a deliberate manner. Um, and so I figured that might be where we'll begin tonight's conversation. Uh, Absolutely. You know, so. You, All over the planet. Yeah. I mean, I think what, what's really bothering me the most is I live about 30 minutes away from Philadelphia. I know you're up in near New York City uh, on the outskirts, but you're, you're up that direction. And I'm seeing people in Philadelphia in video with their Philadelphia Eagles jerseys on out in the streets supporting Hamas. And that seems bizarre to me. And it's, it's not something that is just a Philadelphia problem. We're seeing it in cities all across the country right now. How do you support a terrorist organization that has just gone in unprovoked and annihilated hundreds of people in one day? How do you publicly support that in America? Let's start there. Because I know I, I've covered the whole conflict, Palestine, Israel already, and Hamas has rise to power. But uh, why are we seeing people in America supporting terrorism? I thought that after 9-11, we, we united not to ever support terrorism again. Uh, is, this, uh, is this really hatred towards Jewish people? Is anti-Semitism really that powerful here in the United States? And it's been hiding in the shadows. Uh, why do people at college campuses feel that they can have these rallies now at Harvard and other places supporting Hamas and uh, terrorist acts? Thoughts? 
Well, that's a complex question. Um, because first and foremost, when I see these people with bullhorns running around New York City and Times Square using inflammatory language supporting terrorist organizations, first thing I think of is, okay, where's the Fed? Who's the plant? Who's the fifth columnist that is trying to gin up all of this fervor so that they can implement some new policy like a censorship policy or God knows what else? So that's the first thing I see when I when I hear about these stories. The second thing is I think a lot of these people are the same people that supported COVID, the same people that supported the Ukraine. These people, mostly Democrat. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't even say that. They're on both sides of the spectrum. They're they on both care. sides. Yeah. You cannot, they've been so indoctrinated to support whatever it is that um, is the big thing, is the mainstream thing within their circles, that they will go out and they will support terrorist organizations on both sides, whether you're on the Zionist side or on the Hamas side. I mean, what, what was it in, um, in Ilhan Omar's district? Didn't she have this huge rally or they, didn't her district have a huge rally that filled out a whole theater? Yes. I mean, I don't know about you, but it, I, I really don't care about the sides here. You're killing people. You're rounding people up. This is a medieval siege in, in the Levant because I, I'm not going to call it you know, what it is. The Levant is all of that Mediterranean Sea area that mm -hmm. encompasses Palestine and Israel and Syria, Jordan, Lebanon, all on. So why aren't there peacekeepers? That's my question. Why aren't there why aren't yeah. there people saying let's slow this down because you you brought it up on your podcast I exed about it where you've got Israeli politicians that want to use nuclear weapons on 2.5 million people and then Lindsey Graham comes out and says yeah flatten it. Yeah. Uh, and then Nikki Haley who's supposed to be presidential. She sits on the board of all of these weapons makers and she's more than happy to turn the whole thing into glass and rebuild it. I mean, where are we? <laughs> Where are yeah. we? You know, th there's a, uh, a doctor that I started following during the whole COVID thing, Dr. Uh, James Thorpe. Uh, he's got a I think I've seen him. ton of following on yeah. the Twitter X uh, platform. Um, anyway, he claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And yet his tweet yesterday that he ended up putting out there, uh, I, I told, him. yeah, I was like, hey, today's episode of Hot Takes, tell us you're not for a <laughs> life without telling us. <laughs> I mean, you have it in front of you. What do you say? I do. I, I pulled it up. He says, Israel, I suggest you receive two squadrons of USAF B-52 bombers, each carrying 70,000 pounds of cheap non-precision bombs and commence nonstop 24-7 carpet bombing of Gaza and Lebanon for about three months. Don't waste any more blood from Israeli citizens on ground invasions and don't waste your assets on precision guided munitions. Nuke Damascus, Tehran, and every military installation in, in Iran. And I would like to say that this is a well, one-off, but I know that there's people that are listening to my show that right now I'm at odds with. People that believe in what Dr. Thorpe just stated, that indiscriminately just get rid of this entire landmass, ignoring the fact that there are innocent people not everybody in this area is a terrorist. And that's why I hearkened it back to 9-11 back in 2001, where people were really xenophobic towards anybody with a hijab on, that they were going to be the next to fly a plane into a building. Meanwhile, 
lot of them were contributing Americans with businesses here that had no interest whatsoever. They were just practicing their faith and uh, trying to go about being an American. And so there are people in these countries, they're not radicalized. You know, you can't tell me that these children are radicalized. And I saw another post of some, somebody was like, uh, you know, uh, if you enter somebody's home to do them harm and you bring your children along with them and you shoot the kill, whose fault is it that the children died? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, it's the guy that's attacking, but that doesn't apply in this situation because all of those people are not part of Hamas. There are Arabs that have no interest in a holy war against Israel. Not everybody in this world is an anti-Semite. And this carpet bombing plan that these people are putting out there is painting it as if simply because you don't believe your faith is a Jewish faith, part of that, then therefore you should be wiped off. Tell me how that isn't an extermination on the complete opposite side. How is that not calling for a genocide of a completely different proportion of Muslims? And, uh, you know, here I am as a Christian looking at this going, can't we all just call for some peace and figure this out? Sure, eradicate Hamas, get the bastards off the planet, like any terrorist. You don't have a spot in the world, you know, and terrorists can be a bunch of different things. It can be a pedophile. That's a terrorist towards children. You know, they don't deserve life. That, that's how I feel about it. But the carpet bomb, you know, an entire neighborhood in hopes of getting a pedophile, come on, we wouldn't do that. But these people are calling for indiscriminate killing. And I am aghast. These are Republicans. They're Democrats. They're people that claim to have, you know, some common sense in all this. We are rapidly approaching a spread to all of the Middle East in war. And I can tell you what happens after that. Once we have a, a war in the entire Middle East, the United States has to get involved. Saudi Arabia is not going to be on our side. We are not as energy independent as we would like to be. And that conflict, Russia is going to salivate over while they're with Ukraine. China is going to salivate over while they're looking at Taiwan. And we are on the verge of World War III. And you can't convince me any other way, except for the fact that I feel like there are forces at play right now that are trying to drive us in the World War III in America. And uh, I feel like if I don't speak up and we don't have podcasts like yours and myself and others to tell everybody, put the brakes on and you're reactionary, you can be supportive of the people of Israel and hate the people that are in Hamas and yet not call for Israel to exterminate a genocide on the opposite side. There should be nothing wrong with that. That shouldn't make me anti-Semitic. That shouldn't make me political. That should make me love humanity. Well, as the Israeli government pointed out to all of us, if you don't stand with Israel, you are a terrorist. Did you see that X post? At what, point, at what point do we, Yeah, I did. And at what point do I have to stand with Israel outside of my statement of saying what happened with Hamas is wrong? Israel, sure, you should have your own sovereign borders, but those sovereign borders shouldn't be for the last 50 years you trying to expand because of an ideology, ideology that you believe Gaza Strip, for whatever reason, should be cut off, right? That you don't get to dictate that. Once you have your own state, it doesn't matter if it's Russia going into Ukraine, it's Rome. It doesn't matter if it's Israel going into uh, uh, the, the surrounding areas, it's Rome. But Hamas, yeah, it's inexcusable. 
I think I'm yeah, pretty no consistent one's defending on this. any of this, or at least no. the, me or you. We're, neither one no. of us is defending this. Now, I will say I'm not surprised that something like this would happen. That doesn't make me a sympathizer, because Correct. if you look at what has happened over the past seven decades plus, this kind of thing happens often, way too often. So uh, here's the thing with all this. Like you said, we're being pushed into a third world war at a rapid pace. They've been trying to do this since 2001 or September 11th, 2001. And it hasn't gone fast enough. They tried to do it in the Ukraine, but they needed a way to get out of the Ukraine. And so Israel is the perfect opportunity. So now they can say, well, the Ukraine is at the end of its funding rope where you have to start realigning back to Israel or realigning to other locations around the world, specifically China. So this is just one of those ways for, for the warmongers to get out of the Ukraine. They can kind of finish off Syria, because that's what I think is really going on here mm. on the American side. They're bringing in this aircraft carrier. For what? Do you think the Americans are going to help bomb Palestine? I mean, they don't need that, right? But they are going to say, well, we can go into Syria, because Syria has been attacking Israel, and we need to cover the northern flank so that nothing bad happens that way. So the United States is going to finish what it couldn't finish with ISIS. And so speaking of also propagandistic monikers here, when Benjamin Netanyahu comes out and says, oh, Hamas is ISIS, or ISIS is Hamas. Really? Okay, so what you're telling me is that you guys are funding and supporting and training both Hamas and ISIS because not a lot of people remember this, but Israel was giving financial support, training, and also medical support to ISIS when it was running rampant all across Syria. So we also saw the quotes from Benjamin Netanyahu that he wanted a Hamas in the Gaza Strip so that it would give him the leverage and the ability to go in there if he ever had to. So indirectly, he was funding this, or the Israeli mm -hmm. government over the years was funding this organization so that they can, quote-unquote, trim the grass, you know, cut the grass. I mean, this is crazy. But I also think it has to do with this 2030 agenda. They're trying to push and push and push us into some bizarre dystopian technocratic society. I mean, did, you saw the letter from Harvard, right, with all yeah. those students and those organizations. Did you hear about the CEOs? I didn't hear about the CEOs. That responded that the, to the, it? The, the do not hire list that's being created? Yes. Yeah. These CEOs yeah, want this university to push out the names. They've already have a shaming truck. Yeah. Did you see that too? A, a billboard that's showing the names. Yes. Right. So what this is doing is it's creating a new consciousness within America and the West. Because now X is under fire too in France and England and the EU for promoting disinformation when it comes to this conflict. So you're seeing a homogenization of thought, just like we saw during COVID, because they're pushing us to this war. They can't have an argument. So let's talk about the thought police that are out there, because you sent me a message earlier today that I've already been thinking about and my response to you was meh <laughs> and the reason it's meh because I, I think the person's wrong I, I i think that they're reading the tea leaves the wrong way 
Yeah, they're reading coffee grinds. Yeah. I, I think what people should be paying attention to is I do think that there are individuals that X is trying to get to get information out there. And while everybody is focused on a Brian and Ed Krasenstein, that's not who they should be focused on. I want to put in the crosshairs during my show right now, Mario Narfall. Uh-oh. Mario Narfall is uh, scaring the living hell out of me over the last, I don't know, four days of this conflict. And I'm going to explain why. If you follow his content at Mario Narfall, and yes, I'm, I'm sharing it because I want people to be able to follow along with the thought police idea that I'm putting out here. This guy has a bigger network than the Associated Press and Reuters to instantaneous information and statistics. How the hell is that happening? Tell me you're not controlled opposition or you're not controlled psyops without telling me that, Mario. And the reason why I need to call this out right now is he's posting statistics that are already getting, you know, other people going, yeah, Mario, you're right. You know, and he's like, well, I got this from this person. I got this from this person. So here's one of them. All right. I'm, I put on my phone screenshots. So I'd have to scroll through tonight. Uh, Gaza bombed more in six days than ISIS was in a month. Over a span of six days, a total of 6,000 bombs were deployed in Gaza. To put this into perspective, during the air operations against ISIS from 2014 to 2019, the coalition led by the U.S. averaged between 2,000 and 5,000 munitions dropped each month across the entire regions of Iraq and Syria. The monthly number of U.S. bomb drops exceeded 4,000 only during the extensive 2017 campaign targeting Raqqa. Now, the size of Gaza is 363 kilometers, as I've been telling people on the show, both shows this week. The size of Iraq and Syria, where we were doing 2,000 to 5,000 a month, not a day, was 623,494 kilometers. It's 623,000, 100,000 mm. more kilometers, which tells me that right now, this is not a war being fought, if you're to believe Mario's numbers, by Israel. That our aircraft carriers right now that our uh, fighter jets right now, our Harrier, our Harrier jets, we already know are there. We're seeing the images. We, we've actually told everybody that we're there bombing. We, the United States, are now involved in these Gaza Strip attacks from everything that I can tell. But why is it that people like Mario have information almost every 15 minutes with updates? How is it that he is able to say the Human Rights Watch has stated that Israel employed white phosphorus in military operations in Gaza and Lebanon, endangering civilians with the potential for severe and lasting injuries? Couple that with the fact that we're seeing, as I was saying, in our cities, people that are promoting support for Hamas and a global day of terror today, Friday the 13th, and because we are kind of talking about this before news might happen, maybe there's been an attack, maybe there hasn't. I hope there hasn't been. My point being is these channels that are on X and Twitter are enabling Hamas to get their message out there, enabling Israel to get their statistics out there. And who is amplifying all of this when all of a sudden the news media goes 
and DrudgeReport.com states, Hamas calls for a global day of jihad. What type of irresponsible journalism is it to take a small terrorist group and then start amplifying their message all over the media of the United States to wake up those terror cells that have been pouring in through the border and let them know, hey, here's your guy's day. What freaking morons in the news media? And so all I can, I'm left with, Chris, is going, this is all planned. This is all completely controlled. The people that Elon Musk has elevated, this is all something that we're merely just in the play watching at this point. We have nothing we can do. We can call for all the peace that we want to, but there are people that have read the book of Revelations, I believe, and they want to see it come true. And they're trying to fulfill the prophecy so that they can say that they brought in the second coming. They brought in the rapture. And these are some sick individuals. Hello, Sarah Palin. <laughs> do you remember the church that she belonged to? Tell me more. It was a doomsday church, if I remember correctly. And she was all about trying to bring in the second coming. And, well, I mean, we, we can go in all different directions, and we probably have a break coming up. But uh, to quickly say this, yeah, this is exactly what you had said. The powers that be know that the shifting narratives and the stories in the media, the mainstream media, is no longer working. You're only going to get the older crowds that even still have a television that pay attention to MSNBC and NBC and things like that. And you're going to get the diehard Democrat base to go along with that. And you're going to have the diehard base on the Fox News side that, that takes care of the Republicans. But they understand that social media is a lot more dynamic than that. It's a lot more quicker and they have to approach these stories in a way that they can get their narrative out there in the quickest way possible. And that is through these influencers. Nobody, absolutely nobody, almost nobody, gets awfuls, or whatever his name is, level without help. Whether he's a Freemason, a Knights Templar, a Rosicrucian the CIA, the FBI, the Mossad, whatever, somebody is feeding him information. Now, that information not, may not necessarily be true, but it's just the mm -hmm. fact that he's allowed to get it out there. I mean, look at all the stories that came out. We had 40 beheaded babies, and then that story turned out to be not so true. And I was finding all kinds of propagandist photo, uh, photos, posters from World War I, that had the same kind of rhetoric. Mm -hmm. It's a hundred years later. The story is the same. The rhetoric is the same. You still have these influencers back then that were promoting this war footing. And that's what we're looking at here. These people are placed, we as critical thinkers, we're the ones that are pointing all of this out, but we're probably going to be drowned out. Yeah. So all we have to do is keep doing what we're doing. And then a couple of years later, It'll be like, oh, man, who are these two a-holes? They're pretty smart. They called it out way back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I said earlier this week, I don't claim to be an expert on any of this. But, no, uh, but you can think. Yeah, I can think. And I remember going into the Iraq war after 2003, 2004, somewhere around then when George Bush was doing that. There was an interactive website on, I wish that I could remember the details of it, but we're going back like 20 years at this point in time. This interactive website played out scenarios. Should there ever be unrest in certain areas? How would it turn out 
as a global conflict in an almost every single scenario, anything that like what we're seeing happen right now turned into a nuclear war Yeah. over the course of about two and a half years. Which, that, was, that was the timeline. Which when you were talking about the stats that Mario was bringing up, the first thing that I thought of was, are they already using low yield nukes? Yep. Mm-hmm. And low yield nuke means that Think of a September 11th type of building collapse. And there was plenty of video from drones that came out showing exactly those same kinds of collapses where these buildings in Palestine were collapsing into their footprint. Yep. Uh, last time I checked, bombs don't do that. Yeah, I watched the video. I actually thought that perhaps it was a video from a different war because it looked like a controlled demolition. Right. Um, and I, I did see one of those. It was like a 2021 video. It wasn't actually accurate from that time. But the point of the, the, the I'm looking at right now is the conflict that we're that we're getting into, and the United States is pledging pledging support behind, is so much more complex than the average citizen is giving it credit to. So when I see these influencers that I've been in spaces with that I don't think are horrible people. I just don't think they're really intelligent on no. the the overall complexities of the situation. If you don't understand blowback and why people on the University of Washington's campus right now would be having a pro-Palestine rally, seeing that the Gaza Strip is being leveled and they're going, we're not part of Hamas. If you don't understand that, and then you don't understand that this has been going on for 50 years, you know the, the, the conflict with Israel that's been killing Palestinians, so they're already very sensitive towards their land. I mean, should should Palestine have borders? Should they have an area where they can live, where they don't have to worry about having things cut off? I mean, Nahanyo has talked about, we're going to not turn on the electricity. We're not allowing the aid to come in from Egypt. We're not allowing you to have running water. There are people dying in hospitals that were trying to live their best life up in their final days that are dying because they don't have basic support, horrible deaths as a result of all this. And I can understand why there is pro Palestine rallies right now. I don't understand the pro Hamas rallies. I, I want to make that very clear once again. Right. All right. Let, let's, let's take a break here because this is some heavy, heavy crap tonight it really is. And uh, I, I need to, I need to back away for a moment. Just, you know, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll take the break here to, to regroup and refocus. But I think this is uh helpful uh, for people, I hope to to hear our musings amongst this. So maybe maybe they think a little bit uh, more critically. All right, all right, everybody. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back in just a brief moment after a word from some of our sponsors. As always, uh, I am heard on the America Out Loud Network throughout the entire week, and you can help support my show on the America Out Loud Network by going to americaoutloud.store and visiting any of those sponsors. And that helps support the network. And you can support this show by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash bold America. And so that supports the work that I do as well. And make sure you're going over to the Last Call podcast with Chris Michaels and giving him a listen and supporting his show because we like having him on every single Friday. And so support that show throughout the week. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels. Changing the world one person at a time. 
Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back, Bold Americans. Second half of the show here with Bolden and Michaels live on this lovely Friday. And it is a lovely Friday. Let's keep perspective in, uh, you know, our, our forward thinking here, but also have some realism as we talk about this topic. Now, uh, Chris, during the break, we were, we were mentioning that there seems to be a, a timeline of a lot of these topics that when you go back in the media, you can find there were many people that were having conversations about Hamas just a decade ago. Um, and so listening to these conversations by going back in time, it actually sounds like they could have recorded these conversations yesterday and they would have played completely well. And one of them is uh, John Stewart, who had the uh, the Daily Show or it was the Daily Show, right? Yeah. Yeah. John Stewart's Daily Show. Yeah, this is evergreen material. It really those... <laughs> evergreen material, though. This was 15 years ago, and the names that are playing out in this clip are, uh, quite honestly, pretty shocking. When Elon Musk posted this today, with this clip is nine years old, I was like, "Wow!" And then you sent me this Pat Buchanan clip. We're going to play as well for for uh, people. So let's let's play it for everybody, so they have the audio. And for those watching here on all the social networks, you will see the video as well. So let me pull that up, and uh, here it is. Enjoy the clip. In fact, we'll start tonight in, in the Middle East. 
where Israel... What? Israel isn't supposed to defend itself? Oh, yeah, Mexico bombed Texas will be exercised... What other countries held to the same standard as Israel? People that want to destroy our terrorists? What is the matter with the only democracy in the Middle East? Self-hating Jew? That was that was weird. <laughs> anyway, what I was what I was saying was last Thursday saw the start of a new ground offensive launched by Israel. Tradition! Tradition! <laughs> um <laughs> holy <laughs> um Look, obviously, there are, there are many strong opinions on, on this issue, but just merely mentioning Israel or questioning in any way the effectiveness or humanity of Israel's policies is not the same thing as being pro-Hamas. <laughs> so you're against murder children? Free Gaza! Zionist pig! <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Why don't we just talk about something lighter, like uh, Ukraine? Yeah, I'm good with that. What's the odds that as we sit here right now, that the Ukraine has been in the headlines now for a year and a half, going almost two years, and we have Hamas, we have Israel and Palestine, all with the same exact talking points that you and I just had at the very beginning of the show. What's the odds that nine years ago it's evergreen material? Prophetic. <laughs> Synchronistic. It's almost like we're living in a time loop. I brought up the in the first part, we see all the propaganda that they were using back in the Spanish-American War about murdering babies and all that stuff. Do these change? I feel like we have to change something we have to point it's up to people like us to say hey wait a minute i mean this right. is nonsense when it's up to people <laughs> like us the world really is screwed <laughs> I, I mean like, let's be honest if it's up to greg bold and chris michaels to tell you how it is <laughs> and this is the only place where you can get it perhaps the rapture is truly upon us <laughs> i mean i think it's important to keep that in perspective as well well, I mean, if no one else is going to say it, I might as well say it because right. no one's going to market me like me. But I, like you said, it's crazy that we're still talking about this stuff and it's all of this time later. Right. And so, oh, my boy, Pat Buchanan. Yeah. So this guy here, right? I think the world of Pat Buchanan. Um, and I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, I read his book, State of Emergency, back in 2005, somewhere around there. It was right around the same time I started waking up to like the Ron Paul revolution type of stuff. And he, at the time was talking about the border crisis and how it was going to cause the United States to have four different separate uh, factions that we would have the Spanish part of the United States. You would have a black part of the United States, a white part of the United States. And I gotta be honest, after seeing what's happening at our border, while I don't think Pat Buchanan nailed it, he definitely got a lot of the sentiments in that book. Correct. And uh, he was a, a prophet of his time uh, for what we're seeing here in 2023. But you sent me this clip 
And do you know when this is from? Because I know he's not really doing these type of appearances anymore. And looking at the footage, it's standard definition. So I'm guessing 2006, 2005, maybe a little bit earlier, correct? I think so. When did they go after Gaza? Wasn't that 2014? Actually, yeah. So maybe this MSNBC just, maybe this was like an internet piece that wasn't in HD. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it was 2014. Okay. But it's still, it's still just as relevant today as it was back then. Yeah, when you hear this audio audience, bold Americans, fuzzballs, what we're going <laughs> to discover here is uh, it's almost like what's going on now was supposed to happen back then, and the timeline just didn't match up. All right, let's let's play this audio clip. The Israelis have been hit with for six months with these little rockets, which didn't kill anybody. It was outrageous, cruel, and stupid, and they triggered a blitzkrieg against the Palestinians in Gaza, which, in my judgment, is an Israeli concentration camp where a million and a half people are locked up, cannot come out or go in. They've been controlling food, electricity, fuel, and the innocent people. In Gaza are the ones suffering. Concentration camp, Pat, doesn't that diminish the significance of the real concentration camp? I'm not talking about a death camp. I'm talking about what the British had in concentration camps in in South Africa and what the Spanish had in Cuba and what others have had where they bring all these people, lock them in there and treat them with great cruelty and a a humanitarian disaster, despite what Zippy Livni said. I'm going to pause there. Because what we're hearing right now in 2023 with the shutoff of water, shutoff of electricity, is everything that was going on back in 2014 with this conflict as well that Pat Buchanan's talking about. Not much has changed. It's just it's being used by Hamas as this extra excuse, right, (laughs) to to turn the Gaza Strip in the glass, 2.2 million people. You mean Uh, Israel? You said Hamas. Yeah. Well, yes, correct. But what I'm trying to get as far as the attacks on the Gaza Strip now are a retaliatory right. from yeah. Israel towards Hamas, right? Yeah. And so we can look at the Gaza Strip in the same way that Pat Buchanan saying, and isn't that interesting? As soon as he used the word concentration camp, the guy gets all of a sudden like, oh my right. God, I got to stop this. Bristly. <laughs> He's like, well, hold on. You better understand your history and how that word is actually could be used. Uh, very interesting. Let's continue on. It does. Well, what do you, let me tell you. i tell you how you create people for Hamas. You kill 675 people, you wound and injure 3,000. What do you think the brothers and sisters, those five little girls that died, what are they going to be when they grow up? What are these people under this, treated like this? You know. Look, why do you you think the Palestinians... You know and I know that Hamas's doctrine, I can talk about it right here, is to hide in schools, in mosques, to hide among the civilians and use civilians for shields. And you know it is a war crime to use Uh civilians for shields. You should be criticizing those war crimes on the part of Hamas. Look, Hamas, any war crimes, I criticize their attacks with those rockets, stupid and cruel. But you sit here and tell me that the Israeli people or the Israeli nation have, have treated the Palestinian people with any kind of justice. Those towns hit by the rockets are former Palestinian towns. Well, Ashkelon, Ashkod, Sterot. All right. So, I mean, there we have it. This could be a conversation right now, October 13th, 2023. In Pat Buchanan's words, would be just as relevant to the to, to the conversation. Am I wrong? To the T, yes, <laughs> absolutely. And so, when I first heard about all of these attacks, they were saying they were attacking Israel and all that other stuff. My first one, well, one of my first questions was: Are these towns being attacked 
really being occupied by settlers or are they actually part of Israel itself? Because there's that whole wrinkle to the story that not a lot of people talk about. And that's how these Israeli settlers have moved all across the Levant to take over these towns, kick out Palestinians, destroy their olive groves, on and on we can go about these these abuses. And if you remember your history from the Bush slash Obama era, because that's when the United States was really going in there, there was talk about something called Greater Israel. And I think that's still on the books, but essentially Greater Israel went from where Israel is today to the Mount Sinai Peninsula, to the Sinai Peninsula, uh, out to the Tigris and Euphrates, and up to Turkey. That is a huge swath of land. (laughs) So there's something to all of this that Pat said. Like I think it's a lot bigger than what he's, he's saying. Yeah, I, I'm looking at the destruction photos that are coming out right now um, from the AP. And it looks like an apocalyptic video game with the attacks have done in this area. Let me, uh, for those that are watching, not listening, let me uh, pull that up. That is not the screen that I wanted. <laughs> let me find the right one. Um, let's see. Here it is. All right. Can you hear me? All right, Chris is pointing at his ear, which always makes me nervous that perhaps his audio has cut out, but we'll get him in just a few moments. There he is. I I got it. Awesome. All right, so here is some of this destruction uh, that the AP is putting out there. It looks like uh, an apocalyptic movie. Yeah. So this is what I think is happening, too. Being that Israel has cut off all power, you're not going to have any imagery from what's going on. Right in there because they're not going to be able to use their phones or anything else to get these these photos out there. So who knows what's going on or who we're only going to hear it from one source. And that's going to be the Israeli source unless somebody gets smuggled out of the Gaza Strip. But I don't see how that's going to happen. Well, I'll tell you what starts to get me nervous. Look at this one. Well, the oil fields off the coast of Gaza. <laughs> So the Saudi prince and Iran president hold a call on Israel-Hamas war. Now, from what I remember, Joe Biden is not on good footing with Saudi Arabia the way that Donald Trump was on good footing. Am I misrepresenting that in any way? I don't think you are, especially since there was supposed to be a normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia, and that is in the tank. Yeah. And so if Iran is the country that has given Hamas the plans, given Hamas the means, and Saudi Arabia is meeting with Iran, not with the people of Gaza, not with Egypt or surrounding areas, Syria or Israel, am I wrong to think that Saudi Arabia is uh, starting to align themselves with the uh, axis of evil, so to speak, as George W. Bush would put it, than with the United States. Our Saudi friends are not really being Saudi friends. Am I wrong about that? I don't think you are. I think they've been alienated since day one with the Biden administration. I I think they, for some reason, they've been pushed around. Maybe they don't take them seriously. Um, But something happened because as soon as Trump left office, you noticed that Saudi Arabia was starting to get cozier with uh, Russia the output started to start shift again, despite the fact that the Strategic Petroleum Reserve is, what, 17 days left or something right. like that? 
shooting up all over the place of the pump too. But here's another question that I just popped into my head right now. If the Muslim world is so concerned with the Palestinians, how come none of them have offered to take them in? <laughs> That's a very good question. I haven't even thought about that part uh, of this uh, dynamic conflict. I mean, essentially, you have from Morocco down to South Sudan, all the way out to China. Not one of those countries have said, stop this, we'll take them. Not one of those countries has said, let's broker a peace. Maybe it's because they want Hamas to win secretly. But why isn't any nation in the Muslim community standing up and saying, let's stop all of this? And we'll take them in. I'm curious if Iran would take Palestinians, knowing of what they're what they're doing right now, or Syria. Um, I'm reading about as we're we're recording that there are uh, the Iron Drone has intercepted a UAV that originated out of Lebanon uh, that was going to attack Israel. So I'm curious if maybe Lebanon, Syria, Iran. They would take refugees, but the refugees can't get there because of the shock and awe of the bombings and campaign at this point will not allow people to get anywhere. So I I don't know, but you're right. And there's no one saying, oh, come here. But I'm curious if people could even get there if they wanted to. If they were serious about a diplomatic resolution to all of this, I'm pretty sure that if people were really committed to peace. Oh, I, I don't think they want a diplomatic solution. You and exactly. I would agree on exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you, the, you've got you've got two. So it's almost appearing now that we're talking about this. This is good. This is like show yeah. prep for everybody, we're, right? Yeah, we're figuring so, it out as we go. <laughs> we're putting all this. Get out the whiteboard. I'm going to bring out my cork board and a few push pins with some strings here. <laughs> so it's almost as if the powers that be, and you have to assume that the powers that be are the ones behind the curtains, and they don't care about nation. They don't care about religion or people or anything else like that. They use those qualifiers or quantifiers mm -hmm. as a way to create more discord. So you have to assume that there are the powers that be that are coordinating both sides and making it look like they are at odds with one another. Why are they using the Palestinians and the Israelis as sacrificial lambs? Hmm. Because think about this. Do you, if Israel were to really go into Gaza... There are 2.5 million people there. Not all of them are Hamas, obviously. But do you think Israel is going to be able to continue that kind of conflict with 2.5 million people? I mean, maybe if you're doing the medieval siege method where you just starve them out after a week and then go in there. But they're going to have a protracted land war. And why are the Palestinians being used as sacrificial lambs for all of this? There's something, there's something else going on here, and I can't quite figure it out. And, and I also heard this rumor, and this was reported by Seymour Hirsch today. He said he's talking to, to a bunch of people, and they say that Benjamin Netanyahu is a dead man walking. He's yeah. on his way out. As soon as this thing is over with, he's got maybe another month left, and that's it. So it almost seems as though that you have the elite class within Israel knowing that Netanyahu doesn't have a lot of time left, just like Joseph Biden. So they're going to try and do all the things with him as much as they possibly can because they know the next guy wouldn't be able to do this if he's, a lame, if he's not a lame duck. Just like Biden, right? 
Trump upset the timetable by four years. That's why you see these bum rushes of drastic policy changes when it comes to domestic policy with the trans movement, uh, 15-minute cities, the Ukraine. Now you've got this. It's like they're trying to push all of this stuff before these two morons leave the center stage. And that, that's what I was getting at with those, the John Stewart piece and the Pat Buchanan piece. If we go back to that timeline, that's right before Donald Trump takes office, which makes sense if you're thinking that Donald Trump interrupted the global plans right. of what was supposed to be happening. Right. And I, I think you could make a, a solid case. There's enough coincidences to say that, yeah, uh, they wanted their establishment Hillary Clinton there so they could continue uh, her failed policies in the Middle East. And when she did not get in, uh, they had to put a pause. Then we had a pandemic and now they're getting back on track. That seems to be, to me, the, the, the plan. Israel has a population of about 9.2 million people in a much larger uh, populous uh, space than Gaza at 2.2 million. So the problem I think that we're going to have here isn't what's happening this week, next week, or the month later. The problem is the radicalization of the blowback of Israel's response, the United States' response, Britain's response, and all these people going, use nukes, turn at the glass, indiscriminately bomb. They're the people that are going to get us into another draft with our sons and daughters needing to go off to war. And so uh, I am at this point in time, hoping that people put an end to the BS that's going on. France began turning water cannons and tear gas on anyone who was a pro-Palestine demonstrator. And France is normally kind of like, <laughs> we're staying neutral. We're not going to get involved in this type of way, but they issued a statement. There's no place for such demonstrations following the Hamas terror activities or atrocities. And here's my point. As we stated at the beginning of the show, you can separate Hamas terrorist activities and you can denounce those terrorist activities and you can be completely standing on the side of supporting Israel from Hamas. But at the same time, it's okay to understand that there are people, the Palestinians, that have nothing to do with Hamas, and they might be upset right now that their sons, daughters, granddaughters, grandchildren are being locked down, and as a result, they're going to possibly die, and they're protesting about it. I think it's a dangerous thing for France to do and anybody else to just silence the protest. But we should differentiate between Hamas support and Palestinian support to make sure that there's an exit strategy. And we should be encouraging our government to say, how do you peacefully get those people out that have nothing to do with Hamas? How do you identify them? Otherwise, this is going to be a bloodbath. I don't know. We, sh we should probably start wrapping up for today. I've, I agree with you. But a, a couple of points. Go ahead. If you have these organizations like the IRC, and I did a little bit of a podcast on the IRC, which is a massive human trafficking network. They, they disguise themselves as a nonprofit. They're the ones that are bringing Africans to Europe. And they also do the same thing in Central America. You have people on that board like Larry Fink. Uh, you've got Miliband from England over there. Um, and I, countless other people. You got, oh, a, a 
big time executive from Pfizer also sits on that board too. If they're able to get millions and millions of people into Europe and North America, how come they can't get 2.5 million people help? Right. Right. And the other part that I want to add to is there's a lot of criticism going against Israel. And Israel has done an excellent job of equating Zionism with Judaism. And that's not the case because you can find plenty of Jewish people like Mr. Blumenthal over on X that are very critical of Zionist policies. So you can't say that if you're Jewish, you're automatically Zionist. That's not true. So you have to make that same differentiation that you're making with Hamas and Palestinians with not all Jewish people are going to support things like that because there are a lot of Jewish people that just want peace. And according to some research, technically, uh, like this, these, uh, I guess they call themselves Torah Jews, if I, if I Torah Judaism, I, I don't know the exacts of it. According to them, uh, the Jewish people aren't even supposed to have a state yet because the Messiah hasn't come. They only get a, a homeland after the Messiah arrives. So that's interesting. I haven't done enough research into it. I'm yeah, hoping so, I'm understanding uh, it properly. Yeah, I would, I would disagree with your, your um, definition of Zionism. Because if you're going to use the word Zionism, there's a difference between Judaism and Zionism. Zionism right. is something that didn't appear until 1897. Right. Judaism is something that's been around for oh, thousands yeah, of years. You can go back to Correct. pagan moon goddesses if you really want to. <laughs> the, the point of that is Zionism is the combination of the land with the people and faith. That is exactly what a Zionist is. It's somebody that believes that their Jewish faith belongs in Israel. It belongs within the native land of the faith. And so I covered that on my show a few days ago, uh, trying to, to, to educate people that. So I, I don't know that. Maybe I didn't formulate that properly. Yeah. But the, my point is, is that not people have been very critical of Israel and in turn uh, Jewish people. So I was trying to say not all Jewish people support what Israel is doing. Maybe Correct. I was a little clumsy with that. Sure. And I'm also hearing that my, my friends, my, my Jewish friends, they're feeling very conflicted right now. They're feeling very unsafe right now in all of this. Um, and I, I, I definitely might, just as I said on September 11th, when people were feeling attacked because they were Muslim, um, I feel like if you are Jewish right now and the, the rhetoric that's out there and knowing that there's Hamas agents and people that are supporting this, I can understand why it feels unsafe. And so my loser of the week, <laughs> yeah, my loser of the week right now is uh, humanity. Humanity is the big loser because in this type of war, there is no winners. Um, it's you, you can't define a greater loser than human life in the middle of war and the fear and the panic, the way that this spans generations and the damage that this will do a thousand years from now. Uh, what is happening right now in 2023 reverberates like a rock into a pond and it will ripple out and across all parts of the world. And so uh, humanity is my loser of the week. And uh, I will go with a winner of the week for this week of no one, because I got nothing to celebrate for winner of the week. And uh, you can choose to participate in loser and winner of the week this week, Chris, or we can move on to next week. That's your call. 
Oh, I'm going to do winner and the loser this week. Of course I am, especially with with the downer choices you've made. I mean, I feel like I got to I, 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 I got to watch out for my wrists. I've got to slit them. I mean, I've been there all week, man. I've been there cow. all week. I wow. Know. OK, so let me bring up some lightheartedness with posthumously awarding Mr. Josh Kruger humble pie. So Josh Kruger, if you don't know who he is or if you don't remember, he was murdered. Left-wing Philadelphia journalist. He was all about BLM, and he was a very, very strong proponent of LGBT. He wrote things on Twitter like, the Dilbert dude is like Nostradamus. Look at the prediction he made in 2020. And he was referencing how if Biden gets elected, you'd be ending up dead. So we're still alive, so he wasn't good with that. Uh, And then he said things Like uh, some idiot just said, you're more likely to get shot and killed than die of COVID in Philly to make some insensitive rhetorical point from, quote unquote, his side. Uh, And he also made a number of comments about how he was tired of people equating the LGBT community with pedophiles. Uh, And one of these tweets uh, that he came out with, it's tiresome and incredibly outdated bigoted trope to claim all gay men are pedophiles well it turns out that he was murdered by his 15 year old lover so what do we have we've got a gay pedophile (laughs) yep (laughs) so there you go a big old slice of humble pie for my loser of the week josh kruger not that he's dead but just because we can say, aha, we know what you were doing. Doth protests too much. That's a that's a good pick. That's definitely a good pick. <laughs> oh, I'm going to choose humanity. Why don't you go listen to Fallout Boy and uh, My Chemical Romance. <laughs> My Chemical Romance. Follow- <laughs> I'm going to go listen to the Black Parade here. Yeah, right. And then uh, follow it up with Dashboard Confessional. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be screaming. I'll be screaming infidelities. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and my winner of the week is Donald Trump for saying Uh, always, always. You're you're winner of the week every single week. No, no, no. It'll be Blumenthal. No, it'll be Blumenthal. Donald Trump. I want to hear why was it Donald Trump? But I mean, I feel like you give that answer every week. All right, then you know what? This is the last time I'm using Donald Trump for anything, winner or loser, because he said that Joseph Biden uses cocaine before he goes up on stage and they yank him off because they understand that he's coming down from the high. <laughs> oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh man. I can't imagine Joe Biden using coke. I really can't. Come on, man. Oh yeah. So we don't know whose coke it was in the library. It's a jump ball. It could be Hunter's. It could be Joe's. I mean, the apple probably doesn't fall too far from the tree. Probably not. Probably not. Wow. <laughs> All right. Come yeah, on, right. <laughs> so taking a ski trip in August. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We got the winner. We got the loser of the week. Um, as always, you can go on to Twitter or X.com and you can go to at real Greg Bolden or you can go to the last call caravan at last call caravan in order to be able to follow Chris Michaels and at real Greg Bolden to follow me where you can vote on your winner or your loser of the week. As always, 
it's been a pleasure to bring you the show this Friday. We're sorry that it was a uh, heavy show, but hopefully you found it to be an informative show. And uh, if you'd like to send us some feedback, go follow us and uh, tell us that we're idiots or tell us that we're geniuses or tell us that uh, you don't care that we were born, uh, whatever it may be. I mean, <laughs> we can take it. We're fine. I mean, a bold American speaks their mind and a fuzzball uh, just has a good time. So I just you know, roll with it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, come come join us in those conversations. We'll be back uh, next week with some more incredible, great content that you're not going to want to miss. And hopefully World War III hasn't broken out and nuclear war hasn't broken out. And we can actually have a little bit of fun next week. Let's 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 break the monotony of the seriousness of this week and uh, have a good time. Can we can we agree to that, Chris? As long as there's not nuclear war, we'll, we'll have a fun show. I agree. And I'm not going to choose Trump anymore for the rest of the year for All anything. Right. Holding you to it. It's an immediate okay. loss if you do it, if you Done. forget excellent all right bold americans that is it that is all it's been another great episode we hope to see you next friday with us on the recap and listen to our podcast the last call podcast with chris michaels and america emboldened with greg bolden throughout next week to help support our show we appreciate it you've been listening to america emboldened with bolden and michaels here on the america out loud network be bold america (laughs) 